All right, you're listening to the Bon Appetit Foodcast. I'm Adam Rappaport. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and thanks for getting in touch with us. Uh, last week, I asked if you wanted to email us uh, any thoughts or constructive criticisms. That would be great. And a whole bunch of you did. Got a lot of good sort of suggestions and ideas. And, and like I said, a few critiques that are valuable. I like this email we got. I'm 33 and never really cooked. And I got excited when I started to listen to food podcasts and started to really fall in love with the food and cooking. And your podcast is so inspiring. And he goes on. I would love to hear more stories about things to cook during each season when those seasons are happening. And that's something I agree with. I love when we talk cooking and food and technique with with our test kitchen editors and that's what i do today in anticipation of memorial day this weekend i sit down with carla lolly music our food director and rick martinez senior food editor uh we talked about what we're gonna be grilling and drinking and eating this weekend because it's finally spring and almost summer so here we go thanks guys we are recording this on the Monday before Memorial Day, and it's 73 and gorgeous out. Finally. I can only hope that it lasts. It, well, judging how our spring has been so far, it'll probably be like 52 and rainy by Wednesday. No, probably. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, let's cross our fingers and imagine a glorious, sparklingly sunny Memorial Day weekend. Let's talk about what we're finally cooking, some summer cooking. Uh, so we're going to go around the table today and uh, talk about what we're grilling, what we're drinking, and then ice cream. Yeah. Carla. Yes, sir. What do you got? Well, I love to grill. Memorial Day is all about being outside, grilling and chilling. And you got a backyard there in Brooklyn? I do have a backyard in Brooklyn. I have a pretty rad little fire set up right now, but I'm going to be in Connecticut with the parents. And my mom also has a pretty sweet grilling situation. Then do you and your mom duke it out or how does that work? So there's a lot of menu planning. Usually there's about 300 emails leading up mm. to any weekend that we spend together. So those haven't started yet. I expect that to start today. Rick is silently laughing over yeah. here in the corner. Yeah. But I, we, I, I heard the email chains, especially for holidays, like Thanksgiving, the worst. We love chicken and sausages. Actually, is one of our favorite things to grill. That will probably happen. And we also, usually, if we're all together, we'll make pizza in the oven one night and do a lot of toppings and have fun with that. But what I we haven't done this yet, and I'm going to turn my mom onto it. We've done chicken under a brick a million times. But the way that I've been making it now, and I stand by it, I think it's awesome, and it's awesome for people who haven't done it before, is you actually do the chicken under a brick in a cast iron skillet. On top of the grill. On the grill. The thing I love about it is that you don't get any grease splatter onto the coals, which mm. is one of the big things that happens because you want to do skin side down with chicken yeah. under a brick so, pretty so. much the whole time. And then you've got a flare up situation and then you might have a sticking. And then the other thing that always bothered me is you lose all of your chicken drippings and your crispy bits. Mm. AKA the good part. Exactly. Mm. Um, and it can just be really hard to manage and you know, hot spots and stuff like that. So how many pounds will the chicken be and how many inches is the skillet? And is it a cast iron skillet? It's a cast iron skillet. I only have a 12 inch. My mom has got the 10, the 12 and like whatever the bigger one than that is. So we, I'm, I'm going to go with 14. <laughs> <laughs> but like a basic three and a half pound chicken like yeah. from the market? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's hard to get anything smaller than that. So how do you season it up? And is there, what's your technique? Um, I really love to do a combination of uh, crushed red pepper flakes, salt and pepper, and maybe some ground fennel. Um, but you don't have to do much. I mean, that's sort of classic Italian with the fennel and the hot chili. Mm -hmm. 
Um, we have a recipe online, the spicy grilled chicken with lemon and parsley, which was from a restaurant called Chispaca. And they do a mixture of paprika and cayenne and salt. And that one's really good, too. But it does go spicy with the cayenne. And that gives it some color also, right? It has a really beautiful color. All right. So for the listeners at home, if you're doing chicken under the brick or uh, polo al matone si. in italiano, mm. I think that's <laughs> correct. Um, and then do you use an actual brick or some other sort of weight? Uh, we have actual bricks up and you there. Wrap them in foil, or you should. Yeah, you wrap so, your brick two. I would say two bricks wrapped in foil. Mm -hmm. You want to preheat the cast iron skillet over a medium high direct flame. Mm -hmm. Let that cast iron skillet get really hot, so like at least five minutes. Little slick of olive oil. Mm -hmm. Put that chicken in, skin side down. Mm. Weight them down. Give. A, I guess it's a she. Weight her down, <laughs> and um. Just let it go. For, I and mean, like how long are we letting it go? I think that you need to keep an eye on what's happening. So rather than give a time, the things to look for is brown skin where you can see where the chicken and the cast iron skillet are connecting. You want to see things start to get brown and crispy over there. And when you do, you can lift it up. Always lift from the drumstick. This is a good trick to not um, ripping the skin over the flesh of the breast. So you can just pick it up by the drumsticks and kind of see Take what's going on under there. And I cook it, I would say, 80% of the way through breast side down. Which is about how many minutes if you're going to get I would say 25. And then you flip it over for another and five minutes. And then you minutes. flip it over just to get the underside browned up. And then you just let it rest on a cutting board. I would let it rest on a cutting board at least 10, 15 minutes, but it'll yeah. be great room temperature. You know what I don't like? I don't like piping hot roast chicken where like you cut into it and it steams and like mm. I wanted that kind of more warm. Yeah. yeah. Juicy, I just warm I just want the skin to still be crisp. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, and then. Yeah, and probably so on the side, we'd have some sausages going because we love a chicken and I sausage mean, situation. Why not? Yeah. Sausage is like, it's almost like cheating. When you get good Italian sausages and you throw them on a grill because they're so flavorful and so easy and you're just like, wow. I never think of it as cheating. Just like, I just like, <laughs> think of it as winning. <laughs> it's winning. Exactly. Um, well, all right. I'm successfully hungry on that one, Carla. Thank mm -hmm. you. Um, Rick, what do you, what do you got going? I am a big fan of flank steak, flank and skirt. I think... Um, I, I like to get a little showy when I uh, when I grill. This doesn't surprise <laughs> me if you, somehow. If, you, if you've seen Rick's watch or his apron or his some of his shirts on any of the videos for bonapetit.com, you will know Rick's flair for showmanship. Mm -hmm. um, all right, so you're from Texas. You got I'm from this Texas. grilling thing going on. So what are you? So you're a flank steak. What are we doing with it? So I mean, it's first of all, it's versatile. Uh, it takes on flavor really easily. So you can do rubs. You can do quick marinades. You can marinate it for 30 minutes. It'll take on some of the flavor. You can throw something, uh, throw it in beer, chipotle, uh, lemon, garlic, ginger, soy, uh, overnight, you've got like a really, really flavorful steak. Um, the other great thing about it is it takes about three minutes per side. And this is where I like to do, be a little showy. It flares up, which is kind of fun. So you've got like, you know, a garden full of guests, throw it on the grill, you get a nice little flare up, you know, four minutes, everybody's eating delicious steak in a taco or on a pita. Yeah, so how salad. do you serve it? It's perfect, medium, rare, maybe a little bit further to the the rare side. Okay. I, I like mine a little bit, a little bit rare. And flank you can't overcook or it's going to get No, tough. it'll get yeah. really gross. Um, so I'm probably going to do some tacos because one of the other things that I like to do is you fill the grill up with both steak and then um, I like to do veggies. And so I'll throw on some uh, uh, tomatillos and some tomatoes, some onions, uh, some peppers, serrano or jalapeno. And that'll be the base for my salsa. Are you are you throwing that directly on a grill or in a skillet on the grill or what are you doing? Directly on the grill. Okay. Yeah. And then so, you're taking all that and you're chopping it or pureeing it or what um, I'll I'll just smash it. Um, mm -hmm. Like if I'm uh, I'll probably
probably have people over in the garden, and so I'll just bring a bowl and a potato masher and just like mash everything together, and that'll be the oh, salsa for the, the tacos. Wow. And just a little lime juice in there, or anything. Little else? lime juice, a mm-hmm. uh, little salt, smash up some uh, some raw garlic in there, or, like grated in there, um, and you've got like instant grilled salsa. Do you do you oil the veg first before you put it on? No. So no. The thing about oiling veg or, or oiling anything uh, before you grill it is. If your fire's really hot, you'll actually burn the oil, and you'll, so you'll you'll get that acrid burnt oh, oil yeah, flavor. Yeah. That's not good. Uh, you'll also get flare-ups. It's best to just get a really nice washed and dried veg, throw it on the grill, let it you know, get that really All nice right. char on it. I like that lesson. Yeah, I always thought you had to yeah oil it, but then you do get those flare-ups, and then it's burnt before it's cooked. Right, and, and that's you'll, no fun. No, it's not. It's not good at all. Potato the, masher salsa. Yeah, I like that. I just have never. That's easy. That's life. a video. We have so many video ideas. <laughs> yeah. All right. What about the tortillas? Corn, definitely. Yeah. I'm um, just saying flour because if you want, if you're going down that fajita, the sizzling fajita route, you know, a little more Tex-Mex. And you are from Texas. I am from Texas. I, I am very particular about my flour tortillas, though. Which, let's talk about that. Okay. Um, when my mother or my aunts make them, amazing. Uh, store-bought flour tortillas are just mm, eh, yeah. not not good. Now, no. if I if I, if I actually had the time and the wherewithal, uh, I would make them and they would be amazing. But um, corn tortillas also, I feel like on a grill... When you get those nice toasted grill marks, a little bit yeah. of char on a corn tortilla, it they just they they just bring all the flavors of the taco together. How, how do you keep a corn tortilla from drying out on yes. the grill? I yes. feel like I've done that, and then they become brittle. And, and then it's how very do you dis- keep them warm yeah. and moist once they're off the grill? Okay, so um, so what I normally do after I've made my my steak and my my salsa, so the grill is still probably around medium high, so it's probably about five hundred degrees. So you literally want to throw on the tortillas. And leave them on maybe five to ten seconds per side. It's got to be really hot. You'll get that nice charring on both sides. Flip them and then throw them on a piece of uh, foil and then just cover it up. So they basically steam after they're mm, charred. So right. that's how they stay moist. Right. So they'll be nice and pliable. But the other thing, too, is you want to make sure that you start with really pliable, uh, fresh Right. Corn tortillas. And the easiest way to do that is look for the packages that have a little bit of condensation inside the bag. Uh-huh. That means that they were bagged recently and they were probably put in warm. So the steam. I've noticed that, but never yeah. knew about that. So for me, my turn, um, I wrote about it in the current issue. I've got into gr- doing grilled paella, which, if, as Carla knows me, odd because I'm not a, as I say, not a big seafood guy, um, although I'm coming around. Um, also, it's like you, it. I would have thought it was a more intimidating undertaking than it is. Yeah, and it's weirdly kind of easy. As I wrote about in my editor's letter this month, uh, my friend Megan had done it a few times, and I was with her, and I was like, "Oh, I could do that." And and then one time I saw Eric Repair, um, a bit more accomplished of a cook, uh, do it, and you know, he kind of took it to another level. But still, it wasn't. It was not that complicated. Um, and what I did is I I got a. Uh, Cruze paella pan, like kind of a cruze is cast iron, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. enamel cast iron. Yeah, um, and it's one of those things I had sitting on the top shelf for like eight years. I don't know where it came from. It's just awesome. Was there, and I was like, oh, I'm going to use that. So I guess it was about 14 inches. Um, had a charcoal fire and a Weber going. Um, put the pan on top of the the fire, but I thought that it would be almost too intense, you know, with the heat because mm-hmm. I had a full bed of coals going. So I put a couple of rocks, or you could use bricks, mm-hmm. just to sort of elevate. Yeah. The, the pan from the heat to give it a few more inches. Um, and then it was pretty easy. Just chopped up an onion and some pork product. If you can get chorizo, that's great. Dry chorizo. I had pancetta. Threw that in the pan with a little olive oil until it started to simmer. Started to uh, sort of sweat a little. Um, and then rice. And then just 
couple of cups of rice right in the pan. Um, I guess the it's got to be the bomba. bomba. The Spaniards would use the bomba. I had. I want to. God. I. I don't even know. I did not have bomba. I forget what I used, but I did not have that. But I think if you have a short, any kind of short grain right. white rice is going to work. Yeah. So even. I mean, I've made. I've made it with sushi rice. You know, yeah. it'll work. I, I want to say I might have used like arborio or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, sure, it'll work. Um, and sort of swirled that around, and then you just start adding stock to cook the rice to get it going. Um, and one thing I thought was interesting when Repair did it, I mean, he had all of these beautiful ingredients from Le Bernardin, but he had like a trio of stocks. Mm. So I was like, to kind of give some more depth of flavor mm-hmm. to the rice itself. So I kind of copied him on the cheap. I got, um, I bought a box of chicken stock. I bought some fish stock at the fish market near us, um, which was a great fish market, and then uh, a can of San Marzano tomatoes. Mm. That's sort of all that juice from the tomato mm-hmm. can, you know? And I started to sort of like just alternate the three in there. And as you're going about 10 minutes, then the rice is starting to cook, and then that's when you start to add the seafood. Right. And it's kind of fairly idiot-proof at this point. Um, I bought like a bag of uh, clams uh, from the fish market, medium-sized ones, not too big, not too small. And you just sort of nestle them into the... Mm-hmm rice in sort of concentric circles. Um, and I guess this was the one thing that was a challenge. Like clams can take longer to open yeah, than you think. Definitely. Um, Especially on a grill where there's yeah. no kind of steaming. Steam. Yeah. You can, if you, yeah, if, you, if you want to do some top, I try not to. Um, but yeah, they're going to take like a good 10 minutes to open. Um, although the, then the thing is, this is not a bad thing because a, with paella, unlike risotto, like you want that crust to form mm-hmm. on Big the bottom time. of the, the sokarat. The sokarat, that's yeah. right. So it's like you don't want to mess with it, and it's okay for that crust to be forming. And then as the clams start to pop open, um, then I had some peeled shrimp, and then I bought fluke. white. If you have a like halibut or flounder, some sort of white fish, and if you have skin off pieces of fish, those cook so mm-hmm. quickly. Yeah. So you nestle some shrimp in there, nestle some fish in there, and those cook like in a couple of minutes, mm-hmm. as soon as they're opaque. Right. They're basically done. Uh, and then some jarred piquillo peppers, slice those up, and then peas are traditional. Um, I had went to the market. They had really beautiful uh, snap peas. So I just sort of mm. did a chiffon out of those, threw those on there, some parsley. And, I mean, it was done. Sounds and awesome. Took it yeah. off, and you bring it to the table, and it's big and beautiful, and all this seafood over there. It's pretty fun. Um, it and, you know, and that, and we all, I think we all have friends who are not meat eaters. So right. it's a good thing to throw on the grill when you don't know what to grill. Right. Uh, for your non-meat-eating friends, but it's uh, it's kind of awesome. So we're hot. We're hungry. What are we drinking? We got to cool off. Carl, what's on the menu? Well, I'm sort of notorious for being a little bit of a lightweight when it comes to drinking. I can I can have half a drink and be like, woo, yeah. <laughs> um, so if I'm going to be hanging out all day. Day, Cheap date music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> day drinking, hanging out for several hours. Um I keep it light, so I'm into big into spritzers and my other drink that I haven't had yet, but I'm really excited about because it sounds like it's going to just make my summer. Um, it's a sherry spritzer, which I stop. No, no, no I like stop. the dry no, you sherry. Don't. I do. Let's start with like, the name. Uh, so wait, what did you say? Yeah, the ri- it's yes, it's got a Spanish name. What is it? Rebujito. You can't even pronounce that. Yeah, I did. You did. I just I did. Out of Rick, did she? Rebujito. Rebujito. Yeah, that's how you pronounce it. But can I tell you what it is? It's I, I dry would... sherry, first of all, which is delicious. It's not the sweet marsala I know, stuff. I know. I, that's marsala. What, who and the, then who it wrote, has who, lemon, lime, lemon lime soda and lime and 
uh, lemon rounds in it. Who wrote the Sherry book last year? Was it uh, Talia? Yeah, Talia from yeah. Punch. Um, she has one in her book. All right, Talia's awesome from punchdrink.com. That book was really cool. Awesome cover for the Sherry book. But I, people, Americans don't like Sherry. Like, I, you can I pretend am American, like, I like, be, like Sherry. the mixologists out there <laughs> like them. Know. No, you don't. They just don't know. Uh, I didn't like just, the Sherry like, that my dad poured for Great Aunt Jeanette every holiday, <laughs> yeah. but it was like candy syrup. All right, uh, Rick, what do you got? So I like big batch cocktails or drinks, actually. So uh, when I have a barbecue and I'm having people over, I usually do uh, non-alcoholic big, big batch something and a alcoholic big batch something. And I usually start with some, something infused. So I'll do a syrup, uh, throw in some herbs, throw in some citrus peel, throw in some fruit, whatever seasonal, a few pieces of rhubarb or strawberries or lemon zest or grapefruit zest. And all of a sudden, you've got a syrup that can go into a tea or a lemonade or a limeade. Um, or you have something that can go into a gin cocktail, a vodka cocktail, a tequila cocktail, and then just you know make a gallon of it. And then, oh, so then you can do it. Then you can use that for a virgin and non-virgin. Yeah, version. And that way, everybody's everybody's taken care of. So while I'm showing off at the grill, right. I don't have to make any cocktails. And nobody has to do anything. They're just pouring pitchers of of whatever's there. Um, I so like that. Yeah. yeah, Rick made a beautiful one with um, plums, plums and uh, lemon verbena. The plum, really, I love really lemon nice. verbena. Actually, I planted some this weekend, and that's another really great thing too. If you have herbs on your in your garden, mm. you can just throw those into your infusion as well. Basil is nice. It's very basil. Summery. You know, parsley, parsley and lemon are actually really good hmm. too. If you, um, it, it's a really good way to do a, a so, refreshing cold brew uh, tea. So, mm-hmm. so you'll take you'll you'll make the syrup and it's basically the lemon rinds, or do you put the the, the fruit in there, the meat as well? No. So for the the syrup, you just do the zest, okay, and then you can uh, you can just squeeze the uh, the lemon juice directly into the the tea. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, if parsley and um and lemon zest and tea bags, put them in a gallon of water, let huh. them sit overnight, and all of a sudden you wake up the next morning, you've got like this really bright, refreshing uh, tea. So, but so that's not the syrup. That's just the tea. That's just the tea. It's a cold, total cold brew, and then sweeten that with just with some basic, simple syrup. Yeah, but you could make that alcoholic if you wanted to. Oh, totally. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) totally. (laughs) Um, This summer, because my job at home is to make my wife happy, that's what I do. That's good. Uh, Cook. (laughs) That's what I do. I cook. I clean. I grill. uh, Making palomas, which we've written about in the magazine a lot, Um, and that essentially is. Good tequila of the silver variety, um, mm-hmm. fresh squeezed uh, grapefruit juice, and I think there is few greater leaps between like store bought and fresh. And like a store bought grapefruit juice in a carton, I find undrinkable. Yeah, totally. Fresh grapefruit juice from a good ripe ruby red grapefruit is like transcendent. So good. Mm-hmm. You take that, some good tequila, splash of club soda, some lime, and all of a sudden, like you're in business. Mm-hmm. Um, super easy to make, but just so fresh and summery and. Yeah, kind of in that sort of margarita family, but not quite. I guess, although, I don't know. I don't think you would need sweetener in that. Rick, what do you think? Not if you've got a really good grapefruit. And you, yeah, and that's it. You can tell. You can taste the grapefruit because some grapefruits will lean a little more bitter than others. But right. I think if you have a sweet grapefruit, I think you're fine. Yeah. And some some places will make that with grapefruit soda or like ting. Ting, ting from the Caribbean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tequila but, and ting. When I interviewed uh, Michael Strahan, formerly of uh, Kelly and Michael. Yes, uh, that's right. Now of GMA. Um, but that's uh, Strahan was saying like that's his drink. He would he he, buy, he he discovered it when he went on a vacation in the Caribbean, and now he buys cases of it. I love it from some place so in L.A. He gets it delivered to his house, and that's like his house drink, t- ting and tequila. We've drunk well, we've eaten well, but it's got it's time for dessert, and it's finally warm out and sunny, so it's ice cream time, right? Definitely, Carl. What do you got? 
I'm going to have any type of ice cream that goes with BA's best hot fudge. Oh, yeah. I we mean, made hot fudge in the uh, June issue, right? It's beyond. I have not made it. Talk to me because like hot fudge is one of those things. It can get all grainy yep. or. It's, it's really candy making. So I think I've always been a little bit intimidated by it. And I've made plenty of like chocolate sauce or chocolate syrup. Not the same. Because when you do have good hot fudge, you're like. Oh, oh my, my God, God. Well, this is so good. The cold ice cream with the warm and then it gets all like yeah, sticky fudgy. on the bottom and starts to get, I don't like, well, yeah, that's that the fudgy where you scrape it the, up. The, the old so fashioned um, like ice cream parlor uh, Sunday glasses. There's not, they're not, the right. coupe are the long ones, but the, the, tall, the tall ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all the fudge sort of collects at the bottom mm-hmm. and, and you, you have that long, the long spoon, spoon. that get in there. When you're all done with the ice cream, you're like, oh, but there's the good stuff at the bottom. Delicious. Wait, That's so how like, do we make it? Is it an involved process or? It's a little bit involved, but it's not hard. And there's a combination of chocolate and cocoa. And then. Like dark chocolate chopped up? Yeah. And a candy thermometer. I haven't made it yet, but you do need a candy thermometer because you have to get to that. In, it's not softball, but and it's not hard crack, but one of the syrup stages. <laughs> For those of you who don't know what Carlos talking about, when you when you boil sugar, it yeah. turns into a form of caramel, but it goes from very light and clear to yes. progressively darker. And, and if you take a, a drop of that syrup and put it into cold water, it will you can tell where it is by what happens when it hits the water. So the syrupy stage is sort of dissolves and floats to the bottom, and then when you're at hard crack, which is basically caramel, when you put it in the cold water, it'll ball up into like a little marble. So science, science class. It's a little bit yes. of science, but that because you're pushing it towards that caramel stage, it ha- that's where that chewiness comes from and like the elasticity oh, of it. Yeah. So it's like a ca- almost caramel that texture. Gooey, but yet but sort of glossy and syrupy. That's the cooked sugar. And then there's cream at the end. And right. yeah. But I think that's why the flavor of that that sauce was so amazing because you get that caramel flavor in addition to the chocolate and the cocoa. I mean, it's, it's, it's so addictive. It's complex. And I remember as a kid, my parents always would have like the box, the box, not like the pint, but the box of Briar's vanilla uh-huh, ice cream the in, the, in the freezer. So I was always like, eh, I don't know about this. Um, <laughs> and then like the container of Hershey's chocolate syrup in the fridge. But the chocolate syrup was just not the it's same. It's not the no. same. And even before that, in the 70s, when I was growing up, because I'm that old, the, the Hershey syrup used to come in a can. Right. I remember that. And you would that. take like, uh-huh. the, the can opener and pierce it on both sides. Totally. Like a can of Hawaiian punch. That was a cool can, actually. It, it was, was cool. cool it was very like Warhol. But um, it's just, and, and then you'd have real hot fudge, and you're like, oh. This, Completely this different. I mean, and I love to bake, and don't get me wrong, I'll make a galette and a crostata, but like, it's not, it's not for baking you don't always want to turn on the oven and bake no. but if you make a big batch of this hot fudge put it in a jar it will hang out in the fridge for a month or two and then it's all about just getting really good ice creams and letting everybody paddle up their own their own sundays and you could heat it up i guess assume either in a microwave or over yeah. some yeah. simmering yeah. water, yeah, simmering water. Mm-hmm. yeah um but it's actually it's really not that hard i mean and no. if you have a, a good candy thermometer it It'll tell you on the side of the thermometer, like softball, yeah. hardball. Yeah. That's so, the only thing you need to do, though. You do need a thermometer. Yeah. You Otherwise, do. it's pretty easy. You need a thermometer, you need a heavy bottom pan, and you need a whisk. And, and the recipe and is BA's best hot fudge. So yeah. that's all. all right. And that, that you'll also need. Rick Martinez, what do you got? Um, so as you were just talking about that, I actually was thinking maybe I should talk about ice cream sandwiches just being a cookie and an ice cream kind of guy. Um, Certainly are. Yeah. I mean, I I like um, ice pops because I think, you know, Come again. On, say, it's, say the cool word. 
Paletas. Yes. Because <laughs>、um, it's easy. It, you're outside. It's portable. You can throw them in the, in the cooler. Everybody gets one. You can walk around with it.、Um, you can go out. Alcohol- yeah, wait, 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 wait. But if you throw them in the cooler, you need a really cold cooler. I mean, it, you, you should have lots of ice. Okay. I mean, it'll be, you know,、right. your beer's、well, going to be nestled nestle, in there. Nestle them in there. Yeah, and you put your ice pops in so, there. So, how, so, give me two versions to make. I've never made paletas before, or two easy versions that I would enjoy.、Um, so, strawberry and lime、okay. is really good. And what do I do? I'm pureeing strawberries in a blender. Literally, like, it, think of it as a, a, a frozen daiquiri. So, you're basically、mm. throwing in some strawberries. You can use fresh, obviously, or you can use frozen if you、mm-hmm. have those. Um, throw in some mint, throw in some lime, some other herbs. Well, lime, want,、uh, zest or juice?、Uh, both, both, actually.、Okay. Yeah.、Um, if you wanted to get a little crazy, you could throw in you know, a quarter cup, half a cup of tequila. Let's or not、rum. get too crazy. Okay. So, so, yeah, I, got so, kids. I got kids, right? <laughs> yeah, Come on. Like- Good version. <laughs> got it. All right. So we're, we're pureeing、uh, mint, lime, zest, juice. Strawberries, strawberries in a、right. blender. With a little bit of water, just to、okay. thin it out a little bit. And then literally pour those into your. Ice pop. You don't、more. need、What? sugar? I、oh. thought you needed sugar. You also、yeah. need sugar. Sorry. Right. Otherwise, just, it'll just be too icy. Right. right sugar right. syrup or just straight sugar? S- straight sugar. Do you push all that through a sieve first to get rid of the seeds in the strawberries? You can, but I mean, if you have really good strawberries,、um, mm-hmm. you know, you'll have an extra little texture in there,、mm-hmm. um, which I don't mind. No, but I have an eight year old who might.、Mm. So then he's been, he's been known to complain about texture before. Ah, well, then definitely、yeah. strain. All right. So I like that one. But you, June, we're coming into strawberry season right now. Oh my、but、God. They're、I、at would, the market. This weekend. I would push them through a fine mesh sieve because you want a little bit of the texture, not the seeds. You'll,、yeah. you'll filter out the seeds, but to get the pulp、yeah. so that it's a little bit、yeah. thicker. So it's, not just, so it's not、yeah. just like a good humor pop. All right. right so that's right. one great version. Right. Well, give me another one.、Um, another one that I really like, I and mean, this is a little bit more involved, but、um, if you grill fruit, so you can go grill plums、Ooh. or peaches and then puree those. Wow. With a little bit of yogurt or heavy cream.、Mm-hmm. And then、um, you can add a, a nut milk to it or just water, sugar,、um, and then freeze that. Yeah. And so you've got like this really nice grilled peach flavor, especially you o k n when w peaches or plums、The、are in s e a s o n Grilled、season. is interesting. Yeah. So later this summer. Yeah. At, at you got to think、Coast. ahead. So you're, you're, when, you're, when your fire is dying down from one weekend, throw your fruit on there and make your paletas for, for, for next, next weekend. weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, can't, you, you can't rush the freezing process. No. But you can throw those into the freezer. And then when you're ready, just pull them out, throw them in the blender. Yeah. We、oh. had a recipe. And like one of our first issues、uh, when we relaunched the magazine five years ago, we did a, a, like a peach sickle、um, pop with like pureed、oh. peaches, fresh good peaches,、mm-hmm. cream, and like maybe some herbs. It was so simple. But yeah, just. Really, sort of like, ooh, very indulgent. Right, right. Tasting.、Um, and the cool thing also about the paletas or ice pops、um, is you can also dip, you know, you can have dips、uh, around if you want them. So nuts or seeds、uh, or chili. Melted chocolate. Melted chocolate. Or I've seen people even dip into liquor. So you can, you know, take a, a non alcoholic ice pop, <laughs> dip it in rum or、you、keep、tequila. on trying to steer it back. <laughs> I、right? mean, I like happy guests. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And buy some good, and also you can have fun buying. Cool、uh, shapes and molds. I have the ones that w- were in one of the very early issues. The, they're stainless steel and、ah. kind of round. They sit in that frame. I bought them、mm. because they were in the magazine. I didn't work、worth. here yet.、Yeah. They're, they're really cool. Yeah. I had two things I wrote down. I was going to say one, I always say I'm going to get this and I never do. But I contend that the greatest ice cream of all time is the mint chocolate chip from Baskin Robbins. That's a lot That's of people、really、agree、good. with you. And A, again, my mom, she would always.、Uh, She would buy like the 
the white mint chocolate chip, you know, like it's got to be green. It's got to be green. <laughs> and then like what I love about the Baskin Robbins is like there's they're not chips. Like the Briars would have these like these like shingles and they were too like waxy and big. Like the Baskin Robbins like, was like this astral spray of like flecks of chocolate. They're that like would, flakes. Yeah, flakes yeah. like just swirl throughout it. And I was just like, wow, that's the best thing ever. And I never, ever go because you can buy a pint of this stuff. You can. And I think there's a Baskin Robbins not far from me, and I never do it. And like, this is the summer I'm going to start buying Baskin Robbins. And like, when my like wife and child are away somewhere, I'm just going to sit on the sofa and just eat the whole thing. <laughs> so that's one thing. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm committing to it. Um, also, I was going to say, if anyone is in New York City listening to this or visiting New York City, uh, highly recommend going to Superiority Burger, which is Brooks Headley's um vegetarian burger fast food ish sort of joint in the east village brooks used to be the james beard award-winning pastry chef uh at del posto anyways his gelatos and sorbetos are They're just amazing insane. Mm. Oh, he goes to the market and just buys like the best fruit you can yeah. imagine um the, the flavors the depth of flavors the the combinations are just sort of mind-blowingly good. They're beautiful. He did a lobne, um gelato once. That was like the best thing I've ever had in the my life. The last time I was there, I had a green, it was green apple sorbet and creme fraiche sorbetta or gelato that were separated by this r- in ribbon of cashew butter. Oh, and it oh was my God. Amazing. Yeah, just, and it's just the flavors he sort of extracts and it's just, yeah, it's just wonderful. And I got, it's funny because Superiority Burger is known for his sort of, when it originally started, kind of like his riff, almost like on an In-N-Out style burger, a Shake Shack burger, but mm-hmm. vegetarian with the squishy bun and the American cheese and everything. And he's there's sides and everything now, but it's the, those gelatos and sorbettos that are just sort of- They're yeah. amazing. Um, so if you're in in New York this summer, it's it's worth the trek and worth the wait in line, um, Brooks Headley at Superiority Burger. Well, I'm hungry. Unfortunately, we have to go to work now. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Hi. Hi, everyone. My name is Belle Cushing. I'm one of the producers of our show. And I just wanted to remind you all that we are not just a podcast. We are also a magazine. And if you don't already subscribe, you can today with this special offer that we have for podcast listeners. Three issues for just $5. If you go to bonapetit.com slash summer grilling, you can get three issues starting with our June grilling issue for just five bucks. Plus, you also get a cool apron and a summer cocktail guide. So it's a pretty good deal. Bonapetit.com slash summer grilling, three issues for $5. This podcast was produced by myself and Carrie Polis with editing by Mitra Caboli and additional help from Christina Che. And if you want to subscribe to our magazine, you can go to bonapetit.com slash summer grilling. Thanks, guys.